Welcome, welcome to Polish the Mirror podcast. We're on episode four already. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. If you are have not caught any of these before, I'm your host, Amy Thurman. I have lived the past 10 years with a broken neck. And I literally fought my way back from unaliving myself to now I get to use my story to help other people. And so that's the purpose of this podcast is to allow people to share the hope that they have gained in the midst of adversity. So I'm excited for you to meet my guest today and for me to chat with her. If you're listening on uh, the podcast platforms and you feel that this is worthy of a five-star review, please do that. Please leave us a five-star review and share it so that these, these stories can reach more people with these messages of hope and resilience. That's the purpose, is to reach more people in a way that can be helpful. So, all right, let's get into this. I want to introduce you to Elizabeth Kipp. Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Amy. I'm, it's, it's my pleasure. Yeah, this is so good. Oh my gosh, if you read the intro, Elizabeth has been through some stuff. Like you have been, you have dealt with some stuff. And we were chatting a little bit beforehand that she and I have a lot in common. Like we have been through some stuff. I have too. And so I'm eager to hear what you have to share with us today, Elizabeth, about the hope that you gain in the midst of the adversity. <laughs> Excuse me. You have been through so many adversities. Feel free to share whichever one, however, however you want to share it and however much or little that you want to share. So um, I would love to hear what you have to share with us today, Elizabeth. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I, I think um, we, we both have spinal issues in, in common, so I think I'll start with there. Uh, right. When I was 14, I, I was on a horse and, and uh, got flipped. I was on a green filly, and uh, uh, she, she bucked kind of funny, and I unseated me. And I, uh, I went flying, and, and I landed on a rock, and it broke my fifth lumbar front to back. It split oh in two. Front to back. But what was interesting wow. was I was able to get up from that accident. And, yeah, it hurt. But I, I didn't – I had such a history of pushing through, like no pain, no gain was kind of how I was raised, yes. um, that I figured if I can get up and walk away, then I'm good. <laughs> right. right. And – it hurt. Um, it really hurt for a couple of weeks. Um, and then uh, seven years later, I, I really had difficulty walking upstairs. And I decided to go see a doctor and I saw a chiropractor. He took an x-ray. He said, oh, you have an old injury here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know what that happened. Um, and um, and then all the other back doctors, spine doctors I saw at the time wanted to do surgery, and I, I was very leery of that. So um, the chiropractors actually kept me going for another seven years. And then You're amazing. Uh, I have amazing chiropractors too. It, it is astonishing, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, and uh, anyway, at the end of be a total of 14 years after that accident, my chiropractor said to me one day, sometimes our patients need surgery and you're one of them. So mm -hmm. uh, at that point, the, I had, so the bone didn't just break into it slipped forward. So I had the front part of that bone, that fifth lumbar slipped forward. And at that point it was 25% slipped and it's pulling the leg nerves with it. So you know, it's causing some, some pressure. Um, 
they took the back part. They I had a surgery. They took the to, for a fusion. They took the back part out, and then they called a laminectomy, and they they tried to do a fusion on that uh, front part of the bone, and it really didn't work. So a year later, I had another surgery, and they put mm -hmm. in these Lukey rods, which they don't. Even, I don't think they use those anymore. Um, and that didn't really work, and so <laughs> a lot of pain. Um, and so uh, a couple more years later, I, I went to uh, Toronto General under the auspices of John, Dr. John uh, Kostowick, who I don't know if he's still working, but this is a while back. He was really the only doctor in the world at that point that could stabilize my spine with the surgery wow. that, he, that he did. He kind of built a cage around it, ah. and I had to take out the Lukey rods and then put in this cage, they, they built this cage all the way around the, and it's, and it's stable now. But by the time I got to John Kostowick, it was uh, 80% slipped. Mm. And wow. there was a lot of um, medication on board uh, starting yes. before that first surgery. They, they gave me uh, opiates and benzodiazepines, which is an anti-anxiety medicine right. because my reaction to the pain was just at that point was just, I was just so activated um, I was so stressed out from it. And so that began a long journey through 31 years on opiates and benzodiazepines. Wow. And in the eighties, after that, in the eighties, um, so I had that surgery in 80, I think it was 86, the third surgery. Then I had a corrective surgery after that that happened because of this, that surgery. So it was a right. lot. In the 80s, I spent, I think it was six years in bed. Oh and gosh. when I when I got up, um, just on bed rest, and when I got up, they, they were concerned that that was going to be unstable. So they wanted me to be nearby. So I did a lot of hospital volunteer work. Okay, I got a timeout here. You spent six years in bed? Yeah. Bed rest. Yeah. Oh my word. Like I, I mean, I had to lay flat, you know, for three hours a day for almost a year, but I cannot imagine six years. Oh my word. Well, I, I, I read a lot of history. I had a science background and I, and I was well studied in biology and uh, plants and animals and things like that. Um, ecosystems. Uh, so I, I took the opportunity to study history. So I, I, you know, when I wasn't, when I wasn't doing, you know, house, the, the kind of what work I could for the family, which would have been like paying the bills and things like that. Um, I, I read a lot of history. So it was a way for me to keep myself, uh, keep myself busy. Um, yes. Isn't that interesting? Because I learned so much during that time too. It's like you have to almost remove yourself from society or from life and just take that and just, we used it for good. You know, there was a point in, in my journey that it wasn't used for good. But once I reached um, that point, oh my gosh, it has changed the trajectory of my life. Literally mm. just that. I yeah. can imagine. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so the doctors told me, um, Back in like um, right after my first second surgery, they said, "Well, you're going to be in level seven out of ten pain, twenty four seven for the rest of your life." Mm. And that 
that that was a hit that 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 was that was that 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 really you know that was a, that was just right um but i had the science background and there was a part of me that knew something was wrong <laughs> with that statement. yes but yeah, I, 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 didn't, oh, I, can't, I can't emphasize that enough because I yeah. had that feeling too. Like I knew, I knew something was wrong. They were missing something. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And I, I cried for two weeks. Yeah. I had a, I had a fairly new marriage and a little boy. And I was just like, this is, this can't, this is not, this is not, you know, I just, I just, I got to all the stages of grief. Yes. Uh, that Elizabeth Cooper Ross talks about, except the last one, yes. I never accepted the prognosis. I never accepted it. And I realized that they were working in a limited model. Mm -hmm. That they were telling me more about the limits of the model they were working with than they were telling me about the body's ability to heal. Yes. And I also uh, realized that they were not including they weren't, they were, they were really not including the inner healer in the conversation. It was rather remote. Their, their view was very rather remote from that. Right. And, and I was, because of my kind of programming and my education and everything like that, I was using, used to looking outside mm -hmm. for the answer. Oh, the yes. doctor has the answer. Science has the answer, you know, not, you know, always out there. Right. This experience taught me that that well, I, I I knew I'd have to go outside the scientific method model. I knew I was going to have to go outside that, and that got me thinking about the kind of all that is that we live in, of course, which I'm a part of. Right. <laughs> that infinite intelligence that weaves through the fabric of of all of it weaves through the fabric of all of me. Yes. And I knew that I knew that somehow I was going to have to tap that or um, do what I could to access that or or turn into that or unblock myself from it or somehow unleash the healing power and remove the grip that the chronic pain had on me mm, because the yes. doctors just didn't have the they didn't have that perspective. Right. They, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly where I'm coming from with my polish the mirror that mm -hmm. every answer we seek can be found within polish the mirror, look deep into our souls and it's there. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you're talking about. I love this so much. I keep interrupting you because I'm like, I resonate with this so deeply. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so um, that was really what kept me going. Um, because I kept kind of searching for kind of practical solutions to how do I get off these medicines and, and uh, there's got to be something more. And, and I, I really, I, I worked with, you know, Reiki practitioners and massage therapists. I had a yoga practice. I did meditation. I had, you know, there's lots of, lots of uh, modalities that I used, but it wasn't until I, um, uh, finally found a doctor who understood the nature of chronic pain and he was Western and Eastern trained. So he had this holistic mm. integrated view and his name was Dr. Peter Prescott and he left us this book. He passed away in 2016, but he left us this book, Conquer Chronic Pain and Innovative Mind Body Approach, which wow. is, he, he talks about his, it's his, 
research and also exercises in the back. He really, you know, and I went through his program and did those exercises that so this was part of it. And awesome. then, and then uh, his program was, was amazing. Um, he, I remember when I first um, met him, I, he didn't want to know anything about, he didn't want to see my records. He didn't want to see my x-rays. It's like, I don't need any of that. I want to know who you are. And yeah. I thought, who are you? And where have you been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> How have I missed you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> pretty funny. Um, so oh he, he really helped me um, understand how to heal. And one of the questions that he asked that was so powerful, one of the first questions when I got in his classroom, he said, what are you doing to contribute to your pain? And wow. like, I was insulted by that question. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm not doing anything but sitting here listening to you. <laughs> what? what do you mean? I have a, I play a role in this. Come on. Just, uh, so, but just so you understand that mindset. Yeah. It's doing it to me. I'm not doing anything. That mindset, that is what causes the suffering. I'm just saying, but exactly. I didn't have anybody around me like Dr. Peter Prescott to help me shift that and see another perspective. Right. Right. I could look in here, but without the, you know, the influence of the mind and its judgments and that, you know, chronic pain brings negative, very, very intense negative. Yes. Into the situation. Yes. So, as you know, <laughs> So, yeah, so that's a, so he helped. So the thing was, is that in the question, in the question that he asked, he took me from victimhood to empowerment because he opened up the possibility that I was actually doing something that was causing my own pain. And all of a sudden I'm an empowered person. I didn't know the answer, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I knew, I knew that, that he completely shifted my trajectory there. And, and then we were off to the races. Wow. Yeah. That was a piece That's of powerful question. Yeah. We're very powerful. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and the next thing he said was don't judge the moment. And again, attitude. I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting here minding my own business. I'm not judging anything, right? Protection, right? What are we yes. doing? We're, we're protecting, right? Defensive. Exactly. He had the room. I know he knew something I didn't. And I, about three sentences later, I realized he was talking, wasn't talking about me personally. He was talking about my pain. Mm. I was judging my pain as bad. And I had all my life. And so would everybody around me. Yeah. And so instead of it just being information, I had judges as this bad thing that needed to be like, has, you know, dealt with and fought against and all that. And that's, that's not helpful. Right. So right. Just those two things right there were game changers for me. The third thing that happened was he had a, a, um, a wellness practitioner there, uh, a wellness consultant uh, named uh, John Newton of healthbeyondbelief.com who uh, brought in ancestral clearing, which mm. is a modality that helps us release the, the burden of the imprints from the past. 
And that yeah. was very powerful. And I, I do that work now. I was so impressed That's with it. That's awesome. So there were these I, three very pivotal pieces that completely shifted my um it, it's like it's what buoyed the now I know how to access the inner healer. Like I knew right? it there. I just didn't know how to get to it. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, way, right? Yes, that's so good. And I <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna ask you this question because I, I'm, I get all of this, like this resonates with me so deeply and I practice the same thing. Like I went to a Cinegems conference over the weekend. I had to drive myself three hours to get there. Since my neck, since the neck injury, that's the furthest I've ever driven myself. And so I was in a lot of pain when I got there, just the stress of driving in that traffic, the stress of, you know, all that I had to do to make it there for the first couple of days, I was in a lot of pain. And so I was, you know, but I was still interacting. I was still having a great time. And I just mentioned to someone like, um, you know, that, you know, I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm having a good time. And she said to me, you're, you're in a lot of pain right now. And I said, yes. And she said, but you don't look like it. And I just briefly said to her, it's because that's not what I'm focused on. That is not my focus. I'm not exactly what you said. I'm not judging it as bad. I know it's there, it's, it's there, it has a message for me, but it's not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on enjoying this moment, spending time with others and my pain, I'm forcing it to take a back seat. And so I feel like that's what you're saying, but if people are like, yeah. I want to be able to do that, how do I do that? What, well, what would you share with them? I, I, I understand what you're saying and, and that, would yeah. be, that would be like a stopgap measure um, for me, uh, pain is information. The body's trying to get a message through, as you said. Yes. And so, um, it, it doesn't take a back seat. It has to be dealt with. And I mean, I understand that there are some times where we have to push through, but I, but I, I'm done with pushing through. <laughs> that yeah. was, I'm like so good at pushing through. You just like, right. we're both Olympic athletes at that. Right? Exactly. So, yes. <laughs> That doesn't, that's not, that. what does that do? That just puts more stress on the system. We have a stress response that we're, when we're under threat, it goes in the on position until the threat's dealt with, and then it goes back to the off position. In chronic pain, it gets stuck in the on position, and I'm not going back there. I worked really hard to get my stress response to come back to normal, back into balance, and so... Um, you know, for instance, when I first got into uh, a, a yoga class, especially Kundalini style uh, mm -hmm. yoga, um, they say, and that's a very that, that, that's very intentious. I teach trauma informed, a trauma informed version of, of Kundalini yoga, which is much gentler, <laughs> but yeah. it's completely different. Well, it's not completely different, but it's different. Yeah. Um, in, in a regular kundalini yoga class, the teacher says, keep up. And because of who I am and my programming and my, you know, my old patterns, when I hear somebody say, keep up, you know what I do? I try and go higher. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, right. you know, I feel like somebody just gave me a challenge and I need to like, you know, anyway, so that I was mm -hmm. just like, no, I, cause I knew See, I can go right over the line into injury before I know it because of the chronic pain. Just 
it's just the, the way I operate with pain. I just can be, I can be injured and not know it. So my healing in the last 10 years has been, where's the line, <laughs> right? So when yeah. I hear a yoga teacher say, keep up, I say, thank you very much. This is my practice. I'm meeting myself where I am, which is what we do in a trauma-informed class. You would never hear me as a teacher in a trauma-informed yoga class say, keep up. I just wouldn't do that because we're, right. we're, we're, not, we're not putting any pressure anywhere. We're putting pressure. We're using the breath and our alignment to, to put pressure into the system in a certain way for a certain effect. But that kind of pressure is not mental particularly it's we're trying right. to find we're trying to find comfort in the body yeah we're trying to find we're trying to feel comfortable in our own skin again instead of having to like you know i don't even want to be here like that. so it's completely right opposite. yeah so you had you, these experiences with these doctors help change your mindset around what pain is yes and so how did that help you move forward well, I, I walked into Dr. Peter Prescott's program with 40 years of chronic pain, and I walked out 52 days later with no pain. Wow. How do you explain that? It was, it was basically just a mindset shift? Well, no. He detoxed me off my medications, oh. and okay. and uh, we did yoga, and we did, med, uh, we did ancestral clearing, and we did uh, meditation, and we did Qigong, and we had, he had a holistic program. We did acupuncture. We did biofeedback. It was a holistic program and it wasn't like Elizabeth so special. He had a 94% success rate in wow. that program. And they were all what the doctors called hickory nut cases, cases that other doctors couldn't crack around mm. pain. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a holistic thing that he did. And it wasn't only, you, you know, the thing is, is that there's like a hierarchy to healing. Then and, and 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 the mindset is kind of the last bit. <laughs> the first part is the nervous system. If the nerve, if the stress response is stuck in the on position, you have to give it a signal that it's not that that it that it's safe because it's not safe. <laughs> it's, right. When you're stressed out, you're like, "Not, nah, I'm protecting. I'm I'm not safe here." So we have to do when that's where the breath work comes in. Okay. There's this okay. beautiful connection between the brain and a long exhale. And when we do that long, like you did just before we got on, uh, that long exhale tells, tells, tells the body, the nervous system that it's safe. And you, you can, you can kind of, you can begin to relax. And it was so cool when I first really got into, really understood the power of the breath, because you know what? I was like, Oh, my body actually remembers how to do this. <laughs> yeah. It is really interesting because I, after the, um, I had neck surgery. I have a, a, did a fusion C4 through C7, but C6 and 7 have never fused. Like it's been nine years. They're still not fused. Um, at any rate, I went to a brain center in Dallas for two weeks, not too long after that. And that is one of the things they taught me at the brain center was how to breathe correctly because I am such a shallow breather that they taught me how to breathe more deeply to use because our lungs, they have four quadrants and mm -hmm. we, most of us breathe just in the upper two quadrants of our lungs, mm -hmm. but there are two more quadrants way down deep in there that only deep breaths can access. And mm -hmm. so 
that there's so much power in learning to breathe correctly. I would just mm -hmm. say that. Absolutely. Yeah. And most of the alveoli that, that in the lung, the, the, the most of them are in those lower quadrants. <laughs> so we're actually not, we're not using our lungs the way they're intended to, if we're just doing the shallow breathing, which most of us do, if we're not really taught, uh, you know, or we're athletes or something and we're, we're taught how to breathe because we're athletes. Um, right. Or musicians or yeah, that play a, a well, you have to blow yeah. in. I was a singer when I was a girl, when I was a young girl and I was taught to sing from the diaphragm and then I got into Kundalini yoga and I was taught to sing from the navel point, which is, which is, oh, wow. which is quite a bit, yes, what, six inches lower, maybe six, eight inches lower. And I had, my voice was completely different. Isn't that interesting? Oh, I love that. So this is a question that I ask every one of my guests. You have obviously been through some stuff, through some adversity. What would you say that adversity has taught you or what have you learned from that experience? What, how, what, what hope has, has it given you? What have you learned from that? You know, so, so much, but um, really, yeah. I, I think I said it earlier, I, I have to get out of my own way in order oh, to yeah. be able to access the inner healer. The, the, the greatest healer in our life is in within. Yes. And my judgments about my... Um, my condition, my story I'm making up about whatever it is, the victimhood, it doesn't serve, right? So um, so whatever you can do to empower yourself was, was very important. Um, that was another issue that chronic pain, uh, all those years of chronic pain, it, it really knocked my self-esteem down. So you know, it was kind of a trouble to, to get back up. Um, also, Absolutely. you know, ask for help ask for help because it's, it's out there. One of the problems that we have with this, when we've got this kind of a, um, a like a disability of really any kind um, is that uh, we get let down a lot. We get, you know, we're, we're kind of used to, and we, and we might not ask for help because we don't want to get disappointed again. And that's an error. Yes. So, uh, and, and, and then the third thing when I say, don't lose hope. I just, that's a, it's, it's, it's easy to say, but I mean it. I, I, I know that as a fact in my bones that we have to, you have to, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's help out there. Exactly. And that has, that is something that has repeated in all, almost all of these interviews that I've done so far is mm -hmm. that we can't do this on our own. Yes. We have to look inside for the answers, but sometimes we can't carry out the things we need to carry out without getting help. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you said. Like my book that I'm writing about my memoir that's coming out in April is called finding my hero within because awesome. yes, that is how I had, that is what I had to do to be able to make the changes that I made was exactly what you said. Stop looking outside for people to come rescue you. No one's going to come rescue you. There's not a knight in, a, in shining armor that's going to come rescue you. That knight in shining armor is inside you. The person you're looking for is in the mirror. And so I had to I had to learn that and figure all of that out. And so that'll be including that in my book. But Taryn is here. Thank you so much for watching again, Taryn. And she says, That's right, we're not victims, we are survivors. Isn't that true? That's right. That's right. That's right. Um 
It's interesting that that you're doing that with your book. Mine is the way through chronic pain tools to reclaim your healing power. It's a little different title, but it's, it's yeah. um, what are the things I use to get out of my own way to be able to access this, this inner healer. Um, Cause you can know that it's in there, but if you don't know how to, if you, if you don't know how to access it, then, then, you know, if it, in my case, I was in my own way. And so was, you know, a lot of imprints from the past were in the way as well. Right. So, uh, so the, that that's just the the, the tools. Uh, it's a, it's a nice adjunct to Dr. Prescott's book. That two go together pretty nicely. I was going to ask you about that, if because in his book it takes you through some of those things, but how is your book different than that? Well, my book uh, really. Um, one of the things I noticed because I've, I've sat with thousands of chronic pain sufferers over the years. Um, one of the things that I, I, I noticed was, is that we don't tell the truth. We're either quiet <laughs> about what, what's going on or we complain all the time. And neither of those things is, is, is accurate. And so I wrote this book. It's not a very big book, but it's very, a, very, a, potent <laughs> uh, for doctors, nurses, uh, family members, uh, friends, caretakers of and chronic pain sufferers. So that not just the tools that I used, um, but the, uh, which are very powerful and very important, but also the, um, the voice, what the voice of a chronic pain sufferer really sounds like so that they can actually mm. understand this is what's happening. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is so true that like with me, I'm the quiet one. I just don't really talk about it. I don't want to bring attention to it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's there underlying at all times. Like I am in pain at all times. Um, but most people tell me they would never know that because it's just not something I, I draw attention to. But I'm curious to see what you have to say in that book because I don't, I think I have buried it and practiced that so long that I don't really know, you know, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. 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 This I put up here on the screen for those of you listening, this is Elizabeth's website where you can check out what she does. Um, her book is there. It's HTTPS colon slash slash Elizabeth. E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H dash Kip, K-I-P-P dot com. And your book is there. Your um, What other services do you provide, Elizabeth? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm a stress management and historical trauma specialist, uh, a trauma-trained and yoga-informed addiction recovery coach. We can get addicted to chronic pain as well as to substances. And ancestral clearing practitioner. So I, I do, and they're all under the auspices of stress management. They're all the different tools that I use to help people uh, reclaim their healing power and, and unleash the healing power that's inside. Thank you so much, Taryn. I'm so, so glad for Taryn, listening. Yes, Taryn said, bless you, Elizabeth. Thank you for sharing. I, I'm with Taryn. I, I'm just like, this is amazing. And like I said, it resonates with me so deeply. I experience so many of the things that you talk about. And I, you know, I'm always, I always like to keep an open mind. Like I can always learn something from someone. I don't care who they are. I don't care what their position is. I can always learn something from someone. 
And you have taught me some things today. And I'm going to check out your book because I'm really curious about what you have in there, what it says. Well, thank so you so good. much. And good luck with yours. I'm, I'm excited. I, I'd like to have you on maybe as a, a Facebook Live uh, closer to like maybe just before the release or just after so we can get the word out um, about Absolutely. your book. That's something you'd Absolutely. be interested in. Of course. I'm happy to help. Anything I can do to help people, I'm all about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's see. Taryn says, I'd like to speak to y'all more on how to even publish a book. I've been saying since I was a teenager that I'd like to write a book about my life. Y'all, Taryn, that's so many people. So many people tell me that. And it's not as difficult as you think. I don't know, Elizabeth, if you went through a traditional publisher or did you self-publish? No, I I, I self-published. Yeah. yeah. I self I'm, I'm self-publishing too. I got an editor who was who had been in the business uh, to 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 do my edit to, to actually do a, a structural edit, and then I had a line editor, um, and I had somebody set the text. But uh, but uh, yeah, it was self publishing. Um, yeah. I think the biggest challenge, um, Taryn, is for me, um, was that I needed to actually drop into my heart. You know, I have the science background, so I have this, you know, analytically trained mind doesn't always help. Yes, it can help you with the structure, but you need to drop into the heart and listen to what it says uh, in your writing, and uh, and that'll be a that'll be an epic book. So I encourage you. Oh, me too. And the, it's so true what you said because when I started writing mine, like you know, I have a master's degree, I was a consultant. You know, I have very professional. And that's how I was writing because that's how I, I used to teach grammar. You know, I was mm -hmm. writing it in a very professional way, but it wasn't really like me telling my story. It was like me recounting what happened. And so it was, I wrote quite a bit before I really found my voice. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And when I found it, it's like, oh my gosh, it just flows. Like, mm -hmm. this is it. This is it. I found my voice. Let's do this. You know, and it's mm -hmm. just, and but the emotion that's what i want to um not warn you but make you aware of is that the emotion that comes with especially if it's a personal story mm -hmm. it can be very daunting like i stopped writing at first after i after i started for a little bit because the emotion was so heavy i was reliving it i was reliving what i had gone through and it was so heavy but I have found a way to be able to do that in a way that doesn't feel so heavy. So I'd be happy to help you um, with that. And um, she has gone through human trafficking. Oh my gosh. Childhood trauma, suicide survivor, addicted recovery, lost a husband and more. Oh my gosh, Taryn. Yes. You can mm -hmm. help so many people. Taryn, you need to be on my, my podcast. You need to apply. <laughs> Let me just talk about that here. <laughs> For those of you who are interested in um, applying to be on the podcast. And I will just say up front, I'm already booked through June. So I have a waiting list, but at some point I will have more openings. Um, but my website, there's a button on there to go to fill out the form. My website is www.getamyshelp.com. That's G-E-T-A-M-Y-S-H-E-L-P.com. And I have a couple freebies for you. If you will just go to uh, getamyshelp.com slash free, F-R-E-E. -E. I do, uh, I have an emotion frequency chart that I created that I use with my store development coaching clients where I help them. I have taken a hundred emotions and put them into 10 different stages according to their vibrational frequency. 
And so I teach them how to move up the scale and live at a higher vibration so that their life really is much different. And so that chart is there. And then I also have um, 10 steps, 10 ways to show yourself self-love, 10 things that I practice um, and in order to help myself show myself self-love. So those are there too for you if you would like to get those for free. Um, if you would like to email me about anything, contact me. Uh, my email is amy at getamyshelp.com. Lots of information there, but oh my gosh, I feel like it's so worth it. Like we've covered so much today and it's been, I just really feel like it's been very, very helpful for so many people. Um, Elizabeth, thank you so, so much for being here. I, I cannot tell you enough how helpful this has been, not just for me, but for other people. Um, and like I said, if you want her, if you want to connect with Elizabeth or get her book, go to her website and I'll put those in the show notes, that link. Um, it's also in the description if you're watching live. Um, and Elizabeth, is there anything else you'd like to say before we, before we hop off here? No, I think I, I think I gave the main points. The, the, the greatest healer in your life lives within you. Um, yes. And always ask for help, right? Ask for help. Um, yeah. If you need help getting to that, right? Accessing that. Yeah. Right. Just like Taryn is doing with us right now. Like she's asking us all these questions and this, I'll end with this because this is so good. She said, y'all have me shaking over here. Such an emotional journey with a happy ending. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Thank you, Taryn, for sharing with us and for watching. Thank all of you for being here, for watching and for listening. And again, if you feel that it's worth sharing and worth a five-star review, please do that so that we can share these messages of hope and resilience with more people. Okay. I think that's it for today. Thank you again for watching and listening to Polish the Mirror podcast. And I will be back next week with a new episode. Bye.